Hello and welcome to Confessions of an Aging Ingenue. I am your aging ingenue, Jenny Tooley. I'm so excited to have you here today. We are going to get started here in a minute, but first I want to extend a personal invitation to you to join us in the confessional Wednesday nights, first Wednesday of the month. Check it out at JennyTooley.com. You might even end up in the confessor seat. Okie dokie, here we go. Hello, everybody. It is Jenny Tooley coming at you from the Belmont Hotel in Dallas. Why, you may ask? Because we are premiering Stuck this weekend at the Women Texas Film Festival in Oak Cliff. If you're not familiar, Oak Cliff is this funky, wonderful place right outside of Dallas. Um, Some people consider it a part of Dallas. Other people consider it its own place. Anyway, that's where I'm at. And I'm super excited to be here. We had our red carpet, first one last night on opening night. And we have a whole host of events happening. I'm actually counting down the minutes until Jenny McGuire flies in and I get to see her. It's been a couple of years now. And uh, yeah, we're all going to get together on Sunday at 5.30 at the Texas Theater. A bunch of our cast and crew is going to be there. So if you're part of them, Fabulous. I look forward to seeing you. And if you're not, you're going to be in a room full of amazing Dallas talent if you come and see Stuck. If you do, come and find me afterwards and say hi. Let me know you you were there. Um, So I thought uh, since tomorrow morning at the bright and early hour of 10 a.m., I will be at the Wild Detectives in Oak Cliff uh, participating in the fundraising panel for Women Texas Film Festival, which is actually being sponsored by Women in Film Dallas. Um... I thought that since I was going to do that tomorrow, I would talk about fundraising today for two reasons. One, um, it's really scary. Two, actually three reasons. Second reason is I know not all of you can come to the panel, and um, even though I am not the sole wisdom of fundraising, I have very specific fundraising stories, um, but if you can't come tomorrow and hear our combined wisdom, at least you'll have a little check-in right now. And uh, three is because, uh, you know, I kind of needed to remind myself of what we did to fundraise for the movie in the last four years before I sat in front of people and tried to sound like an expert on my experience. So here we go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm on my cell phone. This is going to be unedited, uncensored. Whatever comes out of my mouth and out of my brain is here for eternity. And no, there are no kitties today. They had to stay home. So here we go. Have I told you about the time I applied for the Austin Film Society grant? Ah, There you go. There's the unedited part. Have I told you about the time that I applied for the Austin Film Society grant three times in a row? for the same movie. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have applied for the Austin Film Society grant for Stuck three times, three years in a row, and I have never been awarded one. Now, why is that important? I think that's incredibly important because let's look at all the other grants I've applied for for Stuck. 
For Smart Cookies, I applied for an Office of Cultural Affairs grant in Dallas because that's where it was shot. And I did get awarded a grant through the OCA. Um, But for Stuck, I have never been awarded any type of grant funding. Now, there are a few reasons for that. One is I was making a feature film, and in the grant and funding world, feature films um, tend to be considered commercial enterprises with investors, not uh, a donation-based enterprise like what I put together, a more nonprofit oriented way of fundraising, um, even though our film is not a nonprofit because it can't be, because it's a film, <laughs> um, it is structured like a nonprofit in the way I chose to fundraise. But with grants for films, they're mostly for documentaries, um, and very few feature film funding opportunities are out there. I think I know them all by now. I'm not going to list them off, but I think I can count them on two hands. So one of them in Texas that I thought would be fairly simple to get would be the Austin Film Society grant. Now, that one comes with a lot of different pieces to it. You can apply for a cash grant in the amount of $15,000. You could get your DCP paid for, which is about $1,500, but I think they do it through a specific company. You could get a Kodak to give you a certain amount of money or a matching grant for film stock. If like we were still thinking we were going to use 35-millimeter film stock, so I applied for that. Um and yeah, there I don't remember them all right now, but there there are a bunch of different categories of um, monies that you can apply for or services. Uh, also, one of them is um, services from MPS, I believe it is, which is an electric uh, and grip company. So they they would supply a truck full of everything you need to shoot your movie, pretty much, as far as equipment goes. So um, the first year was in 2015 that I applied for this grant, and I had been applying for grants for Shakespeare Dallas for a year or two at that point, so I felt like I could apply for a grant. And at that point, I had transitioned my mind from believing that there's no way I could raise money for myself to, well, if I can raise money for them, why couldn't I raise money for me? I have a successful, you know, track record now of raising money for somebody else. So why couldn't I do that for my own project? And I kind of had to detach from it being my project and just acting as if it was a project. Um, I asked Laurel Hoyt-Smith to help me because she has a lot of experience grant writing. And we went off and we wrote, we put together all the materials. So if you've never done a grant, there's all kinds of materials that you have to put together. You have to do a whole bunch of written materials, like a synopsis, the bios for everybody on the project, um, your vision, what uh, what you think your distribution is going to look like. So we're at the development point, and we're being asked to like look all the way into the future. Who is our target audience? How do we feel like we're going to distribute, et cetera, so forth and so on. Also, we're asked to put together a budget, a cover sheet for the budget. And um, what else are you typically asked for? You're asked for quite, oh, references, three references, and a few other things. So this is not a small endeavor. This is a time a time and effort endeavor. You have to really be committed to apply for one of these grants. 
So we did it and uh, we applied, I think, in April and the notification was in September. And I really thought, oh yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get some money for this. And I had come up with a brilliant breakdown because not only do they want to know what your expense budget's going to be, but they also want to know where you're going to get the rest of your money. And at this time, my budget for stock was $100,000 in cash and $250,000 total. So that other one fifty dollars was going to come from pro bono work. And I was still thinking I'm going to pay everybody for their work. A small pittance, obviously, at $100,000. That's like $100 a day for all the key players. Um, September rolled around, and we did not get that grant. At that point, something in me said, fine. Fine. And I read, I read the feedback on it and it was, oh my God, this is a great idea. It was like all fives, like, oh my God, this is a great concept. We love this concept. And then it got to, uh, whether or not the panel, it's a panel that judges this, thought that we would be able to, um, be successful. And a couple of people said yes, but most people were like, no, there's no way they can be successful on this. This is too big of a project. First time filmmaker, um, not enough resources. And I said, fine. And I guess there's a rebel in me that was like, well, fine. And I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) So uh, I very quickly said, okay, we're going to crowdfund. And I didn't know how to crowdfund. So I taught myself how to crowdfund. We went to Seedenspark, which was a brand new um, crowdfunding company for films. I thought it was brilliant. Basically, the idea is you crowdfund through them. You start to create an audience through those crowdfunding people. You've got them all in one place. You can keep feeding them through Seed and Spark, and eventually you can distribute through Seed and Spark online. I love this idea. Well, Seed and Spark, basically, the day before I was about to launch the project, still would not accept the video I had made. I had sat down in my backyard with a camera and just told everybody about what I wanted to do. It was very vulnerable, very honest, told them who I was, what I wanted to do, what the project was. Seed Spark came back and said, no, um, yeah, you need something better than that. You need something that's going to look like what your film's looking like. So just go out and shoot something with your iPhone. And I was like, my film doesn't look like something that you shoot on your iPhone. My film is an art film. It has very specific artistic values and qualities to all pieces of it. It is not something I can go and shoot on an iPhone to give you a treatment of it. Um, and that is why I'm doing the Seed and Spark crowdfunding to try to raise $9,000 in order to make this beautiful pitch video that is then going to raise us $100,000. They were not, um, they were not interested, which I found fascinating. I'm not sure how it could have hurt them to allow me to raise money on their site, but obviously my co-producer, AKA God, the universe, or whatever that thing is, knew better. So I had a conversation on my porch swing with Jenny McGuire. She was on the phone because she lived in LA at that time. And I said, oh my God, do I need to make another video? And I got stymied for just a minute. And my gut was like, no, you don't. You don't need to make another video. Just launch it on Kickstarter. Kickstarter doesn't give a crap about what you do. (laughs) Um, So... I decided then and there we were going to migrate everything I had put up and uploaded into 
Seed and Spark over to Kickstarter. So I spent about an hour, an hour and a half doing that. I uploaded the video. The next day we launched. And I think that day we already had half the money. By the end of the campaign, we had overfunded by $1,000. So I was kind of like, and then I actually sat on a film funding panel at a festival. And I was actually, there's supposed to be a Seed and Spark person there with us. And uh, that was very fresh for me. Like I was in the middle of raising money and I was almost like, luckily they didn't show up so I didn't have to deal with it. But I was, I was going to be like, hey, love your idea, but um, you might want to open up your mind a little bit more to the possibilities of what people can do. Um, but that's their deal. They're very successful with what they do. And obviously I just didn't fit into the cookie cutter of what they wanted. And that's fine. It, this is kind of the moral of the stories. I don't fit into the cookie cutter. And if the more I accept that and like launch my inspiration from places that don't fit into the cookie cutter and don't put my time and energy into cookie cutter stuff, the better we do. Uh, the other part of this definitely has to do with like just like resilience and continuing to move forward. So we raised that money. Um, in the end of 2015, made this beautiful pitch video, went into another campaign in the middle of 2016, went through Hatch Fund, which was this company that um, supported mid-level or mature artists. And it was a nonprofit, so you were, could use them as an umbrella. So people who made large donations could do it as a tax write-off because they could use um, Hatch Fund as the nonprofit that they were donating to. And then Hatch Fund would literally cut a check to me uh, as an artist from them. So I won't go into a lot of detail about that, but let's just say what happened with that was we, our goal was $100,000. We um, didn't make it. There was, it became very clear within like two weeks that we were not going to make that. We were at 18 grand and my team was burned out. I was getting those phone calls, you know, of people stressed out, people unhappy. Our team is very small, y'all. Like our fundraising team was basically me and Laurel and Rachel Dreiling and Jenny McGuire. And Jenny wasn't on on location. She was mostly online. So Rachel and Laurel and I would put together parties in people's houses. Um, we would do pitches. We would do online stuff. And once I realized we weren't going to make $100,000, I went to the team that had already been assembled to make the movie. And I was very humble and just said, I wanted to pay you, but I can't. But I think this movie needs to get made. Um, and it needs to go ahead and get made now. So if you're willing to work for free, I would appreciate it. And if you're not, I totally understand. Everybody on the team but one person said yes. So we went ahead and we wrapped up that. That was like a two-month campaign. Uh, we wrapped it up. Uh, I believe we brought in like $23,000. That would be in the middle of 2016. So at this time, I'm ready. I want to shoot at the end of the year, and I'm, I'm going to write up another Austin Film Society grant, and I'm going to use my feedback, right? I'm like, okay, I'm going to improve upon our application. So we totally improve upon the application. We, I go in there, like in the area where we're supposed to talk about kind of how we're going to do it, 
And I'm like slamming in partnerships and resources. And I'm like, yeah, we have access to costumes at SMU and Shakespeare Dallas and Undermain Theater. And we know people here. And our team member, uh, like our, um, you know, our art department guy is connected here, here, and here, and blah, 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 blah. So I'm like trying to prove I have the resources to make this movie. And um, needless to say, September rolled around. And they said no, on all counts, like not even one thing that was on the list of possibilities were they willing to give us. And I thought, how many move filmmakers are there in Texas? And then I was watching something um, by one of the Duplass brothers who support Seedensburg. <laughs> and um, he was talking about the fact that they never raised that they never got an AFS grant either. And the Duplass brothers went on to become like this um, kind of the leaders of this kind of cult uh, indie film uh, movement and then became very popular. Um, you know, they now make, I don't want to say mainstream movies, but a lot of stuff you'd see on TV, on the line, or in the movie theater as actors and producers and filmmakers. So I thought, okay, well, there you go. So I gave up on AFS for that year. I was like, okay, fine. Um, we're just going to go and make our movie. And we did. We actually got through production because our, our people were so resourceful we had money left in the bank. We only went through production with 21 grand and we had 2000 left in the bank when I got done, which was perfect because we still needed to buy out a few things like software upgrades and things to get us into post. So that's 2016. 2017, uh, I was like, no, thank you. Right? That's right. Okay. So yeah, 2017, we've shot everything. It's in the can. We are not fundraising. Um, 2018, we did a post-production fundraising gig. And so that original budget that I sent into AFS has now been changed like a dozen times. And um, all of the expenses have shifted. All of the pro bono has shifted. All of the ways I'm thinking money is going to come in has shifted. But I'm still going for grants, y'all. I've got like women in film finishing funds. I've got, um, oh, I can't remember the woman's name, but there's, there's a woman that does um, marketing post-production for women. Um, there's something else. There are just a few things out there. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to slam these into there as if it's going to happen. Um, and some of these IFP market, I also applied for IFP market. So these are the big things that you're supposed to apply for. These are the things that you're kind of like shamed if you don't apply for these, right? The other thing about it, AFS is free. You can apply for that for free, but like women in film finishing fund, the big one, you have to pay for that. IFP market, that's the independent film project. That's a biggie. That's like, that's where you quote want to be if you're an independent filmmaker. Um, they do a big market for first time filmmakers and they take you through the process of yada, yada, bing, bang, boom. Um, you have to pay for that to apply for it and be a member as well. So we were actually paying money to try to get 
money, and it made me sick to my stomach. But I knew that since I was trying to make an amends to myself for not following through on things in the past, that I needed to follow through on these things now. Well, guess what? We didn't get any of those. And I have a very strong feeling about why that might be. Um, I won't go into that right now, but uh, I just had to stay the course in my mind and not go, oh, my film must really suck because nobody's willing to fund it. Because let's let's face it, y'all, um, 200 people had already been willing to fund it. So why would I put the power of how good my film is or my the concept of my film is into the hands of a couple of large organizations? So 200 people were willing to fund it. Over 100 people were willing to work on it for free. Some of that was about knowing me. Some of it was about knowing some other people. Some of it was about wanting to be on the project because you don't get to do a lot of feature film work in Dallas. Some of it was because of the Alzheimer's thing. Lots of people have family members with Alzheimer's and they just wanted to work on something that would be kind of of service to their family. So I kind of I just had to keep shifting perspective and remembering what I had already done and what I had accomplished instead of getting super down about not getting to IFP or WIFF and all the blah, 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 blahs. So my post-production budget is now getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, I run another Kickstarter campaign. We raised $12,000. I had to get kind of creative on that one, but we did do it. We had a much larger a group of people who could share on social media because a lot of our cast and crew members were willing to share and their people were like, yay, we want to donate money. Um, so we you know, raised a 12 grand in 2018 through that Kickstarter campaign. So once again, I am writing my grant application to Austin Film Society. I know I have a rough cut. I know that no one in their right mind in the filmmaking world is going to give me money based on my rough cut because I knew that the film was not going to make sense or be presentable until all of the color and the sound was done because the film relies on all aspects of its artistic pieces. All the components had to be there in order for it to come together. You have to have a very creative mind and a belief in probably my ability, if not the ability of the people I had working on it, to that, that we could get there. So I went ahead and did it because I'm supposed to, right? I'm supposed to at least try one more time. It would be bad, Jenny, bad if you didn't. <laughs> So this one, I didn't ask Laurel for help on. I threw that thing together. (laughs) I'm like, look at here. This is what we have done, okay? Here's how many pages it was. Here's how many locations it was. Here's how many people worked on it. Like, if you look at the numbers, it's insane what we did with $21,000. And I'm saying, I really need the money and the name of AFS to get us through post-production and for us to have a good festival run. Well, needless to say, I did not get that grant. (laughs) 
And I, I did not, I, I think I glanced through the feedback on that one. On number two, I was like, no, I'm not even bothering with feedback. On number three, I did glance through the feedback and the response was, we, we weren't really impressed with the filmmaker's work because you have to like put up your work sample. Um, the, the camera was really jumpy. That was one of them. The, the, um, the director chose to use a very unsteady hand. And I had sent a scene where it was a very unsteady hand for a very specific reason, which then, of course, as I'm in the editing process, is freaking me out thinking, oh, my God, once it gets on the big screen, is it going to be too jumpy? Well, it's not, y'all. It's fine. I didn't even have to use a stabilizer in post-production. It's fine. No one else has mentioned it. Um... So, yes, uh, that, that can be a real blow to your ego, right? Especially at a very vulnerable time when you're in post-production and you're having to work with what? You're having to work with what you had. And what you have is not what your dream was. In post-production, particularly, my experience has been your dream has to die so that your reality can create a new dream and you can realize it. <laughs> So we were um, in post, and I'm talking to Jenny McGuire going, um, my film must suck. <laughs> and she's like, no, it doesn't. It, it's going to be, once you get all the, the pieces together, it's going to be great. Um, she, and she believed that if we could get all the layers in there, that it was going to be great. And I knew that too. And it all came together that we could get all the layers in there. Like the final piece has all the layers so that was the third time I applied for the Austin Film Society grant and did not get it. Um, and that was supposed to be for to extend our post-production funds. So since we didn't get that, that cut back our post-production budget again. And that meant that um, I did all of the editing. I was planning on hiring another editor to finish it. Turns out I'm a really good editor. I actually had another editor compliment me, actually two of them compliment me on the edit of the film. Um, so, you know, again, God, whatever you want to call that, showing me something I didn't know by rejecting me on some other level. Um, and it just kind of limited us as to what we could do with certain things. And also that $12,000, it was like, oh, we are going to have to do something else when we get to festivals and distribution. Because that twelve thousand dollars is gonna have to, is all be gonna be used up for just the edit, the sound, the color, and all those pieces. So at that point, um, twenty nineteen rolled around, right? <laughs> is it twenty nineteen now? And um, I did not apply for another AFS grant, you guys. <laughs> Um, if we had gone to a huge festival, they do have a specific grant for that, and they probably would have given us to us because they want Texas films to be represented. So if we had gone to, like, Sundance or Tribeca or something like that, they probably would have helped us um, get there financially. But uh, we have not gone to those festivals. Um, I, I was able to run some tiny mini campaigns, and this year, just through tiny little... Like, hey, we need money for this. We need money for that. We've already raised uh, almost $2,500. Yeah. Um, so, hey, Austin Film Society, thank you so much for rejecting me. <laughs> because now I have a really good sense of what works for me and what doesn't and where I fit in and where I don't. 
and I don't have to put any more energy into these organizational grants. This is also starting to bleed into how we're doing festivals and distribution, and my mind is really open to some alternative thinking, which is super exciting because there are a couple things coming up uh, that I wouldn't have done. I've been mentioning it to other people at the festival, and they're like, oh, that's a really good idea. I don't think other filmmakers are doing this. Um, so keep an eye out for things that are coming up uh, as alternatives to mainstream festival circuit slash distribution stuff. All right, you guys. So, yeah, uh, that was the time I applied for the Austin Film Society grant three times and was rejected three times. Much love to everybody. Hope to see you on Sunday. Bye. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm Jenny Tooley, your host. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about today's episode, so please comment, review, follow, subscribe, all those things that keep our podcast thriving. Until next time.